to ten. Sort of like a bad habit, we gon' do it again. Ready or not, we're gonna tap some ends. Go tell a 36, try to grab all the friends. We're back like we never left. On track like a treble clef. Skip a beat on the seventh rest. Bring feast, we don't pass them over. We got the first fruits, no way to show us. This yoke is easy, this burn is light. Even with a loud mouth trying to eat at the mic. Even if we down south, the humidity spike. Fails torn in two, so we gon' be alright. It's all grace till the half goes off. Heretics better run till the top blows off. Got them all stood still like a jaw full of Botox. Time to break them down like a jaw on a blow pop. Don't stop, they're in need of it though. Through grace, by faith, they could easily grow. New wave, new age, new way to see bro. Now, one truth, life, one way to his throne. Wednesday, December 28th, 2022. This is Messiah Matters number 412. This is season 10, y'all. My name is Caleb Hegg. And I am blown away by that. That is awesome. That, I'm serious. Almost brought me to tears, dude. I, mixed reviews that, in the mixed reviews in the, in the uh, chat room. Hey, that That's is, okay. If you would like to know the words wow. to the uh, to the to the song, uh, you can go to our brand new website, messiahmatters.com, which is live now. Uh, if you go to about or just click on the show or the drop down about, it has all of the credits from our producers, our associate producers, and speaking of which, let's bring them up right here. And it also has uh, the music, which you can listen to anytime you want. I know people have asked for that many a time, so you can go listen to that now if you want to. And you can also read the lyrics, all the lyrics. The lyrics are from my good friend, Ben Brandon, who uh, wow. tailored them specifically to our show. Thank so, you, Ben. Thank you, Ben. That that was That is so cool. Man, that's the coolest thing I've heard in a long time. <laughs> Like he's, he's got a gift, man. Uh, you and know, it, before it nails it nails all the all the core pieces. I'm just listening, listening. So everybody, this Caleb, like, I had not heard this. I didn't have a clue what that was going to be. <laughs> just so you know, all surprises to Rob. And I'm like, I love it. Love oh it. my goodness. Hey man. Wow. Thank you, brother. So, Thank you, Ben. That I know. There's a lot of work went into that. That's. That's really touching. That that's uh, that's so cool. I'm so excited. That makes me just so excited. 
So and then the uh, website, I haven't seen the website either. So I just go check the website out. Good. In fact, I'm going to tell you this right now. Now, if for those of you who have been waiting for t-shirts, go to the website, you can pick up your Messiah Matter season 10 t-shirt right now. You can go and you can pick up your Messiah Matters uh, new orange logo as well, uh, which you can now see if you're watching the YouTube right above my head, right beep, beep, beep there. We have t-shirts like that. We have mugs for you. We have all new. And now check this out. This is fun for those who have been supporting the show. We got to figure this out a little bit because it's not fully figured <laughs> out. This is a cool website, dude. <laughs> but we, uh, what I did was I made producer credits and associate producer credits. If you're an associate producer, it's $5 a month or more. You can choose what you want to give. And then you get access to Messiah Matters More, which is uh, we're going to start posting content to Messiah Matters More. Um, and if you're an executive producer, one thing that you have not been able to do is put the reoccurring, put it on a reoccurring uh, uh, every three months reoccurring. And so if you'd like to become an associate producer and you'd like to have uh, just click it and, and forget about it, you can do that. And, uh, and then what's going to happen for our executive producers, um, never fear, because we will choose a gift each quarter to send our executive producers that are on reoccurring, uh, reoccurring ups. So you can find all of that on the new website. Now, what about the people who are currently uh, supporting the show, but supporting the show through Torah Resource. It's all Torah Resource one way or the other. It all goes back to Torah Resource. And uh, so never fear on that. But um, if you are currently supporting Messiah Matters on Torah Resource, I'm going to try to figure out a way to bring you into um, into the Messiah Matters site so that you have access to Messiah Matters more. All right. I don't know how I'm going to do that yet. I might, I'm going to have to make you a new account. So never fear. I will send emails out. I'll figure it out one way or another. Uh, but yeah, there you go. I think that's all the housekeeping that we have for, uh, for season 10. Wow. I, I just, this is like awesome, brother. I just want to let you know, I, I really appreciate all your work and on that. And I, it's so cool. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's like, wow. And, and I could, Mike's done some amazing it's almost like we're professionals. <laughs> it only took, it only took a decade. It only took ten years, and finally. Hey. But I I said to someone Patient. I was like, it's been ten years, and we're going to have our first show on on the twenty eighth. It's like, all right, That's we cool. can. I'm down with that. Yeah, but uh, one of the things that I did on the website. So I so Mike gave us all of our graphics, but I designed the entire website. So if you don't like the website, blame it on me, not Mike. Um, the you can not only watch the show on our website now, but you can listen to the show as well. And here's the other thing for the people who might not uh, know: we're going to start producing show notes every single week. So if you would like show notes on the homepage, you can sign up to have them emailed directly to your email, or you can just go to the website under show. There is a page for show notes, and there's only one show under there right now. You can kind of see what they're going to be like each week. And uh, yeah, they will come out on Thursdays, I believe the day after the show. All right. Um, mm. Our getting a hold of us has not changed. You can still get a hold of us. Seahagatorresource.com is the email address that we check on a daily basis in our comment line 253-465-3205. Thank you very much to everyone who has sent in uh, very encouraging messages recently. Let's give you the phone number in the jingle format. Lance Harper's in the chat room, and I want to say uh, congratulations to Lance Harper. Here's another uh, piece of, of housekeeping. We started a, a, a Facebook discussion group, which you can go to and find on Facebook. It's the Facebook Messiah Matters discussion group. Uh, Lance Harper was the 36th person to become a member of the group, so yeah. we sent him a book, and uh, congratulations <laughs> to Lance for getting a book for being the 36th uh, uh, member of the chat room. When you get it, if you want to take a picture, with the book and then send it to us. We'll post it. Nice. Uh, congratulations to you. All <laughs> congratulations, right. Congratulations, Lance. That's cool. <laughs> uh, we already mentioned messiahmatters.com. And finally, last but not least, torahresource.com is who produces this show. You can go find all sorts of free stuff and you can pay for stuff as well on, on uh, Torah Resource. And uh, classes started yesterday for Torah Resource Institute, which is the school that uh, Rob teaches at. And uh, you can still sign up. Okay. So. Now, uh, since it is the 10th season, 
opener, we do have a couple of things that we're going to do just for fun. We asked a question in our Facebook group, why do people listen to this show? Now, I only pulled the funny ones because, and there were some really heartfelt and wonderful responses to that. You can go read them in our Facebook discussion group. Um, and thank you everybody for very kind words. It's uh, always humbling to read that kind of stuff and uh, see why people <laughs> put up with Rob and me. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, here's what Bobby K, who I believe is in the chat room said. He said, Caleb reminds me what day it is every week. Yes, I do. Uh, the Hoff goes off. And together, Rob and Caleb are a joy to listen to their meaningful, non-sensational interactions with modern Christendom from a pro tour perspective. Keep me tuning in week after week. Thank you so much. Wow, uh, okay. that's awesome. We appreciate it. We appreciate it. And then uh, Josh, uh, he said several very nice things. And then the third thing he said was the dad jokes. Now, <laughs> I thought about bringing some dad jokes. <laughs> oh, so he li he likes the dad jokes. He likes the dad jokes. Uh, okay, and one of the things one of the things that we uh, normally don't do normally by this time we would hopefully have jumped into our discussion for uh, you know our our theological discussions for the week. However, we have a couple of more things that we're going to do real quick. I just bear with us here, uh, and there should be timestamps in the YouTube video if you're listening to this at a later date. You can. Fast forward if you don't want to, but you shouldn't because this is really some fun stuff here. We got a new producer. Elizabeth uh, is one of our new producers, and she uh, wrote a message to us. Now, first of all, if you are thinking about becoming a producer this month, check this out. This is the mug. It looks like it's a ripoff of the Twitter logo. And on the back, it has a tweet. So I don't know if you can see that or not. You can go look at it on our website. The tweet says it's from... Winter 2022 season 10 is the uh, account, quote unquote, uh, and it has 36 comments, 36 uh, retweets, and 36 likes. Uh, it says, if you want to add glitter to that glue you're sniffing, that's fine, but don't dump your wackadoo all over us. Um, so uh, Elizabeth has now been blessed with one of these beautiful mugs, and this is what she wrote in and said. She said, Messiah Matters has been a crucial part of my journey the last few years. It was through your show that I found Torah Resource Institute, and it changed everything for me. This past fall, I entered my fifth year of classes, at the and the education I am receiving has been an answer to prayer. I am grateful to Messiah Matters and to TRI for always adhering unashamedly to the truth, both shine a, uh, uh, both shine a light in the world full of darkness and lies. Congratulations on your 10th year of cleaning up the glitter and the wackadoo, the Lord and Lord willing, <laughs> may there be many more to come. Shalom Aww. in Yeshua, Elizabeth. And then she says, and since you strongly recommend giving shout outs, my husband, Randy de deserves one. The last five years he has sacrificed and worked extra hours to buy books and pay tuition to make this possible for me. He is a most excellent and beautiful gift from Adonai, and I am blessed beyond measure. All right. She has not asked for anything from the soundboard, but we're going to give it to her nonetheless. Um, and we already have some other people who have given us super chats, so we'll, um, we'll wait on that. And what we're going to do is we're going to give her, uh, let's do two of these. Sponsored by Ace Religious Supply, where they say, if we don't got it, it ain't holy. It's stupid such a fine line between stupid and, and clever. Yeah, it's just a about. You've been blessed. All right, let's bring my volume up a little bit here. Oh, sorry. Okay, and now, last but not least, we do have some super chats. Look at this. People are just so kind to us. Love is bigger. She always asks for the same super chat, and Joshua... Amaya, uh, I think I know Love is Bigger's uh, favorite is the weights. <laughs> weights think. and measures. So I'm going to give you both weights and measures, and then for old time's sake, we're going to play one of our old, uh, one of our old tunes that was on the Robin Caleb show before it became Messiah Matter. So here is weights and measures for uh, Love is Bigger. Weights and measures. You've been blessed. I want to do two of these. Just bear with me, folks. I know we'll get to theology in just one minute. Here we go. If you want to add glitter to that glue you're sniffing, that's fine. But don't dump your wackadoo all over us. How rude! Why do you hate the Rob and Caleb show? Honestly, I think they're vain, stupid, and incredibly self-centered. 
and we have to do this one for old times sake, right? I'm just, I, I am, I am bubbling with laughter right now. It's just, <laughs> this is awesome. Keep going. This is the, Keep... this is the old, the old time stuff, right? This is the old time stuff. <laughs> Keep going. Man. Keep one going. more. We got one more. Here we go. This is the, this is the, this is the one, this is the one that uh, we really liked back in the day. You're a legend in your own mind. Your mom goes to college. I think that view is headed for a deep mischief. All right, we've had enough fun for the day. Oh, uh, wow. What? Thank you, everybody, for that. Uh, I just, I feel all like, warm and I, have, I feel all warm and fuzzy inside. It's like Christmas <laughs> if we celebrate it, if I celebrated it, but I don't. So, oh. okay. Okay. Oh, let's, wow. let's actually get to more important things. Let's get to more important things here. Well, it's let's get to, to it is good to laugh and um, I'm all over the place here. Okay. So we're going to start with this one. Now, our main topic today is, is a really interesting one. And we've had some, um, we've had just a lot of really good comments recently um, that we can talk about. But for this one, uh, we're going to go to a Facebook message that was sent to us by, I believe it's Jesus, but it could be Jesus. I think it's Jesus F. Oh, says this, yeah, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, how can mm-hmm. I reconcile in a messianic apologetic view on Matthew 15, four? Now, for those who don't have it up, this will be in your show notes, by the way. Uh, this is what Matthew 15, four says. We're gonna have to read through this a little bit further, but that's okay. It says, for God commanded, honor your father and your mother, and whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. But you say, if anyone tells his father or his mother, what you would have gained from me is given to God, he need not honor his father. So for the sake of your tradition, you have made void the word of God, you hypocrites. Okay, uh, so this is what the passage says. So back to Jesus's uh, comment here. He says, "How can I rec- or how can I learn and explain it to someone that the law has not been done away with, but the law in Matthew fifteen four can't be done? How can, uh, can't be done? How can I see it without a bit, uh, being contradictory?" Thank you. Yeah. So the way let's, my understanding yeah. is that what he's saying is is that is Yeshua really saying that someone who dishonors their parents should be put to death and that the church doesn't do that. Right. That I, that's what I'm understanding him saying. He's saying like, look, here you have Jesus citing this is Jesus in the Bible. <laughs> not, uh, not Jesus. The, the uh, question we got Yeshua says he's citing Exodus saying, look, the Torah says death penalty. Um, but we don't do that. We don't put, children to death in our day and age. And I'll just give my reason to that is that what Yeshua is, is saying that this is what justice looks like. That's the gravity of the transgression. The gravity of the transgression of, of uh, cursing parents in God's eyes is the death penalty. That's how serious we have to take the commandment to honor our parents. That's the, that's how high a priority it should be in our hearts and minds. Now in this world, I mean, we just don't have any real sadly to say, but not surprisingly, we don't have any really truly just courts. It seems anymore in this world. And we don't have, we don't have a a Torah administration. um, And one thought I had, and then Caleb, I'll bounce it back to you. Sure. With one way to think about this, who, who does this apply to anyway? Who should have this gravity? Well, one verse that comes to mind is Romans 2.12. It says, for those who sin apart from the Torah will die apart from the Torah. And the reason I think that applies in a way is in our world, most of our world is lawless. And so let's say you have parents that are idolaters and they have a child who's an atheist. And that atheist teenagers like just rebelling against everything and he curses his parents. So who get who should be put to death and for what reason? According to the Torah. Should the parents be put to death because they're idolaters? Should the should the teenager be put to death because he's an atheist? Or should the teenager be put to death because he's cursing his parents? You see what I mean? The point is they're all in sin and darkness. So but in within Israel, though, you have 
knowledge of Torah. You could talk about the, the man who gets stoned for carrying sticks on the Shabbat. And the way that's told in Christianity today is like, oh, that's the God of the Old Testament. He was so harsh. All he was doing was picking up sticks. But no, you go back to the context. It was an act of defiance. It was a, it was a, no, he knew what he was doing was absolutely against what God had commanded. It, it absolutely, it was a, a clear, what they call sin of the high hand. And, and stoning was, was the proper, just uh, response. But just because in this world, we don't have true justice doesn't mean that the gravity of the sin is less. In other words, the gravity of the sin of, of a, someone cursing their parents is just as bad today as it was in Moses' time, right? The gravity so, of... Uh, so so when we talk about the Torah being perfect and just weights and measures, it's that doesn't change. The gravity of what defines sin in terms of God's holiness never change. It can't change because God doesn't change. Even though in our historical moment, it's not informing our culture. It's not informing our judicial system. Right. The gravity is still there. Okay. I've talked enough. Go. Okay. So I, you know, I wasn't sure exactly what the question was because, um, yeah, I wasn't exactly sure how Jesus was, was looking at this verse and how he was actually understanding it. However, one of the one of the arguments that we get, and actually this was a main argument of of uh, the person who brought up our, our main topic, um, is the idea of well, are okay, are you going to go stone people then? And this was so. Our main topic, we're going to talk about some of the the what might be viewed as the more difficult passages of the Torah, but. Ultimately, the question that we get asked all the, that I get asked all the time is, well, okay, and you know, this people will say this when it comes to homosexuality, when it comes to eating, you know, eating pork, even though the this, the one of the problems is that a lot of people don't under, don't don't read the Torah, and so that is a problem. But ultimately, that you know, well, are you going to go stone someone who you know, are you going to stone your next door neighbor because they're homosexual? Um, and the answer is no. Why? Because, well, first of all, we have to adhere to the, to the law of the land. We don't live in a time or a place where, where God's law is enforced, uh, even in Israel, right? And exactly. so, and so the, to the person who brought up the main topic, my response was no, because I'm not a priest and I'm not a judge and I don't have the authority to do that. And they asked for, um, they asked for, they asked for receipts, basically. Oh yeah, well, where does it say that you have to be a judge or a priest? And I said, and so I, I posted it for him in, in Deuteronomy 14. You are to appoint judges in all your lands, and they are to rule justly. They are to, you know, they are to enact judgment justly. This is part of the the laws of Torah. Yeah, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses is a matter right. established. You can't just put someone to death. That, That's that called would be murder. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, it's like, yeah, what happened? Yeah, I killed my neighbor. Yeah, what happened? Well, he he broke the Torah, so I killed him. Like, it doesn't, could you imagine? <laughs> Yeah, that's not that's not biblical. Uh. <laughs> I just want. Hey, can we stop for just one second? Let's let's t t t. The chat room has decided that you look like Cooper, the lead singer from Switchfoot. I don't Cooper. There's a first of all, I've seen Switchfoot live, you know, and I think they're great. It's been that was like ten years ago. They rocked, but. It says, I don't think his name's Cooper. Sean says, okay, well, hang on. Maybe I've misunderstood. Rob Rob (laughs) looks like the lead singer of Switchfoot today. And then John 17 practice says, Sean, that is spot on. Rob does look like Cooper today. Oh, maybe there's a new singer. He needs some eye makeup. I thought it was John. I thought the singer for... He needs some eye makeup to complete (laughs) the look, though. (laughs) Okay, when I saw Switchfoot, I didn't see him wear makeup. (laughs) I don't know who Switchfoot is. Dude, come on, man. I'm sorry. I've tasted uh, fire. I'm ready to come alive. <laughs> oh, no. What have we done? Come on, man. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Let's. Uh, his name is John Foreman. That's, is the, yeah, that's right. Okay. 
Okay. Um, so anyway, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I had to interject that. I, you know, I always like when people comment on your mullet. So uh, back to the back to the uh, passage. <laughs> back to the passage at hand. But we so, have receipts uh, for all the way back to the '80s for that. For <laughs> right, exactly. So uh, it, which can be found on the found on the Facebook page. Uh, so let's go back to Matthew 15:4. I think what is going on in this passage, just for whether or not uh, Jesus meant it uh, this way or not, uh, this is what I believe. And my father has written on this by. By the way, you can find his Matthew commentary on TorahResource.com. It's a five-volume commentary. If you want just the uh, just the passage that looks at uh, Matthew 15, you can buy that comment that uh, volume of the commentary specifically. Um, but so my father describes how in the first century, one of the things that people would do is they would dedicate stuff to the uh, to the temple, and what that meant was that you would just declare, "Oh, this is dedicated to the temple," and then uh, basically once you died, it it went to the temple, but what Yeshua, what Jesus seems to be uh, speaking against here is the notion that your parents are in need. And instead of helping them, giving them out of the abundance of what you have, you say, oh, no, my property is dedicated to the temple. And therefore, I can't, I can't give it to my parents here. So really, this is what, what Yeshua is doing here is And they think, they imagine they're, they're, that that's good theology. They're right. actually imagining, A, that they're pleasing God, or, or B, they're impressing their friends who are, you know, because they do everything to be seen about how right. righteous they are. And that's Yeshua saying they're neglecting the true heart of the Torah. Right. So ultimately, I think that Yeshua is actually uh, holding up the command of honor your father and mother. Absolutely. So he's, he's actually affirming this commandment. He is not, he's not saying you don't have to do this anymore. Um, it's the Pharisees. And I think that it's... Um, I think it's interesting that in in fifteen seven he says you hypocrites. In other words, he's he's saying no, you're not, you're not obeying the commandments of God. You, you, is, right, you're living. You're well. He cites Isaiah in that passage too. They honor me with their lips. Lips. Does God want lip service? Like there, there's a heart. There's a, he wants the heart. Yeah, yeah. God doesn't care about lip service. That's, oh, I missed that's it. An abomination. I'm, I'm all over the place. Joshua Amaya said John Cooper. I don't know who that is, but uh, anyway, never mind. Okay, okay. Um, so I want to just let's give these people a foretaste of what's coming. First of all, um, there was a now. Uh, it, there are people that are good friends of mine, and uh, and I'm sure that uh, they won't be appreciative of this. However, I do have to say this. One of our regular listeners who has strongly opposed our view of Torah observance for Christians today is uh, Andrew Schumacher. Andrew Schumacher has a uh, ministry that he runs called Beginning of Wisdom. And it is basically the goal of Beginning of Wisdom to oppose the notion that the uh, laws many of the laws or what I believe Andrew would call the ceremonial law or the ceremony on civil laws, um, should be kept by Christians today. So that, I mean, his whole, and he's been, uh, for those who would like to go see him in action, you can go watch his arguments against, uh, Torah observance in my interview with him, which I did on my personal channel. Caleb Hegg is the YouTube channel. And, uh, you can also find it on pronomian.com. That is the, uh, that's where I interviewed him. He has also done work with, uh, he was, uh, he was interviewed on cultish. I believe it was for the Hebrew roots movement. And uh, anyway, so many people might think that we uh, don't get along very well. We actually get along very well, interestingly, even though we disagree strongly on that. With that said, he just put out a, a, uh, a video uh, called 119 Ministries Has a Problem with God. It'll be linked in the show notes. And um, we were going to talk about that a little bit today, but uh, we won't go in depth. I will just basically say, I think that he hit the nail on the head and uh, we are asked pretty much at least once a week, if not uh, multiple times a week, about 119 Ministries. And within the past couple of years, uh, almost all of those inquiries have come down to uh, issues of Torah, uh, uh, of, of the nature of God. Uh, so the Trinity, uh, the deity of, of Christ, those kind of things. And uh, I won't respond to that. Historically, on... though, I mean, it was years and years ago, there, were, there was the whole promo of the Copper Scroll Project. Oh yeah, and this Barfield thing, and uh, yeah, that was awful. That was that was awful. But that was so. Yeah, there's been a. But um, nonetheless, uh, instead of trying to uh, talk about that, uh, I will simply say that I think that Schumacher 
in this particular instance has hit the nail on the head when it comes to uh, the over the deafening silence of 119 ministries on the uh, nature of God, the Trinity and the deity. Okay, so we'll move on from that. Now, what I'd like to say is that you are probably going to want to tune in next week. We have received a significant amount of emails from people uh, on the Oh, man, how do we how do we broach this subject? On the topic of FFOZ's uh, new theology of the pre-existence of the soul. And so next week we will be diving. That'll be our main topic. Next week you won't want to miss it. Uh, we'll look at uh, perhaps some of the motivation. They come straight out and give the motivation behind their theological understanding of this. And then we'll look at the passages that are brought up to support such a view. Okay. With all of that said... Let's now move into, well, let's go to our main topic. You want to go to our main topic? Why not? Let's go to our main topic. Um, this is from, so this was on a, uh, a clipped video that we put out, I don't know, maybe four years ago on homosexuality. And uh, this is from C. Nult, N-A-U-L-T, Nult. And uh, the comments are still there and you can go check them out. Uh, this is what uh, they say. I think it's a man, but I could be wrong. They say, is owning another person as your property moral? Yes or no? So this person doesn't want to have a discussion. They want yes or no answers. So is owning another person as your property moral? Yes or no? Is killing a woman because she wasn't a virgin on her wedding night moral? Yes or no? Is killing someone because they worship a different God moral? Yes or no? Is killing someone for working on the Sabbath day moral? Yes or no? Is killing someone because they are a homosexual moral? Yes or no? Now, there's a I, lot I would of... Need to, I would need to... The word moral, using the word moral over and over again, is not a biblical word. So we need to say, does he mean according to scripture? Does he mean according to Torah? Because you, a person well, that, could have I mean, a, it, a person I, could have a slave, according to Torah, like Abraham had a slave, and then, or you could have a person who has a slave, not according to Torah. Okay, so so but one, I, I, one one would be moral and one would not be. Sure. Okay, so we can talk about all that, but, but ultimately, anyway. when if if we're taking our source of morality from the Bible and from God. You know this, then then I think that the the answer and. You know, I remember a tweet, and I forget who it was by, but it, there was a tweet that I read that said, never apologize for the Bible. Oh, exactly. I know, exactly. And so I thought about that tweet, and and so I just responded. Uh, now, this was the beginning of the conversation. Uh, this is the, uh, this. I just responded, yes, 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 yes. You don't want to have a conversation. You just want answers. That's fine. I'll just answer the question. Now, obviously, this was going to, I knew what was going to happen. Now, all of a sudden, the conversation needs to be started from this person because now they want to, now they want a conversation. Oh, you think that you're going to say yes, right? Because no matter which way I answer, this person wants a conversation. If you, if you say no, which I wouldn't say because obviously it's in the Bible. And this is the name of our show today is, is the Torah perfect in, uh, in, Psalms 19.7, King David declares that the Torah, the law of the Lord is perfect, renewing the soul. So is David wrong or right? And then this brings up some really good avenues that we can go into about modern day belief of morality. You know, our culture has certainly changed and shifted. If we talk about slavery <clears throat> um, in any sense, uh, you're going to have the, you know, the cancellation mob is going to come out in, in droves. Well, the fact of the matter is, is that if we look at the, the Torah, first of all, the word for slave and servant are the same word in the Hebrew. But nonetheless, if you look at the Torah and the laws on, on slavery, what happened in America, and every time you talk about slavery uh, in the Bible, you have to preface it with this. But what happened exactly. in America, exactly. yeah, and you have to preface it, but uh, what happened in America was not slavery. What happened in America was called kidnapping. And according to the Torah, according to God's law, a person who kidnaps another person, it gets what? The death penalty, right? So you have to, you, you get the death penalty if you kidnap someone. 
and so what happened in America uh, that we call American slavery, that we call slavery, this was not, in fact, historically throughout the world, slavery has not been a biblical uh, acting out of what the Bible uh, also, prescribes. Also, Evan had an opportunity to um, go free. Exactly. If you, if you, uh, if you employ, and I think we could say employ a slave, um, for, uh, that, that is a covenant member, that slave can only be a, uh, a slave for six years. They go free on the seventh year, right? Unless they willingly say, I love my master. I want to stay with, stay my family, stay with my family. Right. Um, that there's, yeah, you're so right to point out that our, the use of the word slave is so is so burdened with the you know the last 200 years you know of colonialism it's it's and uh when we when we go and study the torah we have to we have to let all that all those expectations and and assumptions go and let the torah hear do our best to hear the torah on its own terms Right. So the, the and, and well, not only that, Paul, what does Paul say so many times? I'm a doulos. I, I'm an evid of Yeshua. James chapter one, verse one. He says he's a servant of, of the God, the father and the Lord Jesus Christ. That's his brother, his flesh and blood, little brother. He's saying, I'm my brother's slave. Okay. Well, what does that mean? Yeah. You know, I mean, that that's when we enter in the biblical view, we have to understand, because it, it touches on what is obedience, what is truly mine and what is not mine. Paul says in, in Galatians, if you belong to Christ, if you belong to Messiah, that literally you belong to him, then you are children of Abraham and right. you are heirs according to the promise. In other words, our adoption into the family, into the covenant blessings of the Abrahamic promise is through becoming someone else's property, right? What is redemption? It means I'm not my own. See, and this is the thing that, you know, slaves I don't know to how sin the, or slaves to righteousness, right? You're, you're I don't a know slave how the no Armenian, matter what. Yeah. I don't know how the Armenians, it, because they're not thinking, they don't, they don't seem, at least the ones I've heard, don't seem to be privileging a, the sovereign covenantal framework to understand ownership of, of a person. I am not my own. If you belong to Messiah, it means you are, you are not your own. And, and that's the world we get into. It's not like I'm free and I own a slave. Abraham considered himself a servant of God. Abraham himself was a slave. So it's not like you have a non-slave owning a slave, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, it's a big topic. It's a good topic. Well, the, so slavery is not the only thing that was brought up in this, in, in this. So, uh, is killing a woman because she wasn't a virgin on her wedding night moral. So the, the, once again, you know, when people don't want to have conversations, when they want yes or no, uh, answers, then it, it's pretty clear that the person does not have a grasp of the, uh, of the breadth of, of the laws of Torah, because the answer is actually no, not necessarily, right? If a woman is raped or if a woman is, uh, you know, if a, what, what happens if a woman and a man consensually have uh, sexual relations and uh, then it's found out? What happens? Well, the father has the right to say that the man has to marry her. And if, what, but then what happens if he says no? What, what, if, what if the father says, I don't want this man to, uh, to, to marry my daughter. Do they kill her? No, they don't. So then what happens? Well, there might be shame in terms of her not being a virgin, but if that is disclosed first, so really the, the law of a woman not being a virgin on the wedding night is if she is given in betrothal to a person and she says that she is a virgin, even though she is not. Well, in our, in our culture, there's no shame with, with sexual perversion or promiscuity. You know what I mean? There's no shame in our culture for that. It's almost like it, it's like calling good evil and evil good. It's like, it's, it's totally upside down. Um, 
to where, especially in certain feminist uh, movements of like, you know, my body, my choice. I am my own. That's the thing It's like, and this doesn't have to be women only, but the, the attitude of an individual saying, I am my own person. I don't belong to anybody. That it, it, biblically, that's a rebellious spirit, right? That means you're saying, I am my, I am God. I am my own God. And, and so the, the soul that's oriented to reality putting themselves on the throne and that the rest of the world needs to obey their pronoun or their worldview um, is, is like the fool that says there, there is no God. In other words, there is no person who is holy and eternal and is the creator that I owe allegiance to. Right. right. Uh, and that's that sin of the high, that's the same sin of the sin man of the who, high is, hands, who is right. Yeah. The sin of the man who is going out and picking up, picking sticks. up sticks, uh, which is the next one in the, in the, uh, mm. well, he actually says, is it, uh, is killing someone because they worship different, uh, different God moral. Well, well I mean, certainly, <laughs> certainly if you're in, yeah, well, if, first, if, that means they're an idolater because there is yeah, no other God. Exactly. Here's the thing. And I see this in the church too, is a low view of Torah and a low view of prophecy, a low view of the prophets. So they, la- they, read, they read the Torah, they read the prophets, and they kind of chuckle and laugh and go, <laughs> silly, uh, what do they call it? Like primitive, primitive savage people, primitive religion. They're an unenlightened. Right. You know, if they, if they, if they were truly enlightened, they would see that there, there really is no God. Uh, created the universe in six days. <laughs> Oh my goodness! This is ancient Near Eastern uh, uh, mythology. You know, I mean, that's what that's what the academic world is. You know, you really—it's um, such a narrow-minded view of humanity. You know, all these kind of, and so what they do is they are dismissive of the revel of the revealed word of God. Boy, and that's just like. Whew. That, okay. That's something that that stops me in my tracks because it's like, Lord, have mercy. Lord, draw some of these people to you. Bring them to repentance. Because what, you, you can't argue with someone like that, right? It's not like arguing is going to help. Right. You, I mean, so, what do you do? There's a great question. I and G. Green say, do the death, does the death penalty laws apply outside of Judea and Israel? And the answer, I think, would be yes, in terms of the notion that uh, eventually God's law will rule all of the world. Well, God's right? covenant with Noah, too. I mean, was the, the right. one who, because, because it's, hear it again, it's a low view of, a, of the human. Right. If, if, I, if I deny that there's a, a creator that I'm denying my own, the own design. Right. I'm upholding an ideology that is contrary to my biology, contrary to the fact of human life being in fact, the, the creative um, work of the sovereign King of Kings. And in so doing that's, that's, that's the, it's just a dark, it's a dark space that, has the time ticking on it. You know, it, it's, it's very sobering to, to realize that there are people in the world that are in that darkness and they're celebrating and, and, um, you know, taking joy in, in godlessness. I think what you just said though, is really important, which is that you see throughout the Torah the stories leading up to the giving of the law at Sinai, right? You see sexual immorality as something that God not only hates, but that he is willing to give the death penalty for. So for instance, Sodom and Gomorrah and Noah and all of the world, right? And this in both is obviously- those cases, the rescue was only a few people were had faith. Faith was faith. And, and Yeshua said the same thing. When the son of man comes, will he find faith on the earth? How come, how long did it take to build the ark? People, and you know, was Noah not a good preacher? Because it was, you know, he didn't have a very good, didn't have a very good big sized church. Noah and I animal. get along. Noah and I the get animal. along just fine. <laughs> but the animal kingdom came. See that? Rem- that's a foreshadowing of Isaiah chapter one. He's like, the ox knows its master, the donkey right. knows where to find its food, but my children 
don't understand. In other words, humans who are basically worse than animals when they right. when they're not <laughs> when they're not walking with the Creator, and uh, of course, without the work of Yeshua grabbing hold of us and 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 putting that light in our hearts, so we cry, "Abba, Father," we we wouldn't see that. So this is we're not advocating that someone can rationally understand this without first being regenerated by the work of the Holy Spirit. We also need to to uh, state, and we state this every time we talk about laws that pertain to death penalty, the death penalty, or any time we talk about homosexuality. Uh, you know, I have neighbors who are homosexuals. I have family members who are uh, homosexuals. I have, uh, you know, they're, especially within our culture, homosexuality is not only accepted, but it it has touched just about everyone uh, in, at least in our, in the American culture, at least, right? Um, so with that said, I'm not, you know, people hear us talk about these things and think, oh, you're so, you know, you're, you're so against people and you, you're, you have so much hate. Well, I think that when God, when Yeshua rules from Jerusalem, he will rule justly, and that will be according to his Torah. With that said, the Lord has placed us in a time and a place where grace, where we need to exhibit grace, even though uh, in some areas, not in all, right? There are, there are things that we have to maintain uh, a, a, a strong stance in. However, that doesn't mean that I, that I declare to every uh, homosexual that I mean, you know, you're going to hell. That's not going to do anything. Or, you know, you should be stoned according to the law. No, I think that the, that the Lord has placed us in a time and a place where we are able to exhibit the love of Christ and where we can stand firm in our convictions and where we can still uh, have meaningful and loving conversations with people that uh, are not walking according to the laws of God. And so, you know, I, with that said, I think that the uh, modern church has gone too far in that to not simply want to have uh, meaningful conversations and uh, show the love of Christ to people, but they have not, they've embraced and said, they've called good what God has called evil. And that is a problem. So there is, right. there's certainly a line that can be crossed. The core message, the core message for all of the world, for all of us, is that the God of the Torah, the God who gave the Torah is the creator, is the soul, he's the only God. It's not this monolatry thing where there's all these gods and you just pick one. No, that's so foolish, such foolishness. There is one, one God who created uh, all things and it's he's revealed the plan of of creation and redemption our, our salvation in the 66 books and and that's the starting point i don't care what your sin is i don't care right. what your sin is it's 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 that core uh that core issue you know is is and that's the prayer is that people come to confess the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you know, right, and and the and the access to that covenantal blessing is through the son of David, the son of Abraham, right, the uh, Yeshua, the Messiah, because he alone embodies the fullness of the Torah, the fullness of that covenantal blessing, and apart from him, you, there's no way to be attached to <laughs> to that blessing there's no other where there's no other place in the world to get that to get a blessing I, that's one of the things i loved in that that rap <laughs> that ben wrote I, I i don't remember the line but no no other way to the throne or something like that is that mm -hmm. is that what it said such an awesome line so anyway yeah um so so, so the, for the, the, the to say the torah endures and the authority of the torah endures does not equate that we all now are our own judges and we go around right. executing people or condemning okay. people. That's, that's not it. So that's the final logic, the final nail that this person thought that they had, that they, they, they thought they were going to close the coffin and nail me in with uh, this one. Uh, they say, th this is the end of the conversation. I did not respond to this because I figured we could do it on air. Uh, they say, in any case, you have acknowledged that you think owning another human being is, as property is moral. Would you sell your daughter to me to be my slave? The Bible says it's okay in Exodus 21, seven. Um, so let's go <laughs> to, ex yeah. So let's go to Exodus 21, seven. 
<laughs> it is in the context of slavery. First of all, I don't think I'd sell anything to this person. Um, but n- nonetheless, uh, the passage in question is uh, 21, Exodus 21, 7. It says this. It says, when a man sells his daughter as a slave, she shall not go out as the male slaves do. So first of all, there is a, uh, there is a marked difference between the male slaves and what is being done here. And as we go on in this passage, uh, this person, the person who made the comment is obviously not going to uh, listen to or want to help exegete a passage of scripture. But I think that it's important for us to do. If she does not please her master who has designated her for himself, this is important because the designation of the woman means as his wife. Um, So the, uh, the sale here is most likely talking about the idea of a, uh, a, a marriage covenant, which came, which brought a dowry. Um, and so, uh, the man who is, uh, now taking this woman as a, uh, as a slave or as a servant is not only going to take her into the house and, uh, bring her into the estate, but is also going to now marry her. So this obviously changes things, uh, quite a bit. He's not allowed to, the woman is not allowed to work as the male slaves. She has, I think she now has a much higher role than the slaves do. And I think this is important. We do have to remember that this is in a culture that is uh, much different than ours. And the fact of the matter is that, yes. Right. And the, the person, it's not like you just have guys out like, oh, daughter's for sale. No, this is the, the, the idea. Is, that would be that would be wicked. You know what I mean? That's not that's not what the, the heart of the this is two for person, one. Like, this is a situation of a guy who's in extreme poverty. He cannot take care. He probably can't take care of of his his daughter, and he's looking for a better life for his daughter. I mean, I. By the way, by the way, this does happen in the world today and maybe not all the time morally, but sometimes it does. And what I mean by that is if a family, especially in in uh, third world countries, if a family is having a really hard time, what do they do? They have their children go and work. And well, I admit only, that. And we know here here what we know happens, too, is that in extreme poverty situations, young women are very likely to use prostitution as right a means of surviving. It's, and, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. And it's clearly against Torah that that is and clearly this, against and this Torah. is not that this is, I mean, what's, let's just say this is the alternative, right? You know, it's, it, yeah, it's, yeah, this is not it. What the Torah doesn't say is if a man wants to do this for whatever, whatever reason he wants, Right. Oh, I think, oh, I'd, I'd like that sports car. I wonder how much I could get for my daughter. Yeah, that's that's not what the Torah is. Well, not only that, but, but I mean, we do see instances where where children are working for companies in third world countries. It's it is not it's not what we, what anybody I think would want for their children. But uh, and I'm not saying that this is necessarily what uh, what we would want for our children. But the point is, is to have a, to have a younger person, a person who is still in your household working is not against Torah. That's, I, you know, child labor laws are not seen within the Torah. I guess that's the point. However, this passage, this particular passage is very different in nature from just any old slave. And the reason why is because there is a marriage contract involved. If she does not please her master who has designated her for himself, who wants to marry her, then he shall let her be redeemed. He shall have no right to sell her to, to a foreign people since he has broken faith with her. If he designates her for his son, he shall deal with her as with a daughter. Okay. So now she's gone from, from status of uh, slave to wife to now daughter. So family member. If he takes another wife to himself, he shall not diminish her food or her clothing or, and there is a, I, I need to find the article. I'm sure I'll probably find it. If I can find it, I'll put it in the show notes. But Walter Kaiser did a uh, a dynamite article on this last word that uh, is translated by the ESV as her marital rights, marital rights here. It's the only time in the entire Bible that this word is used. And uh, I think that it's a stab in the, a little bit of a stab in the dark. Kaiser argues that this actually means makeup because there is a, it's a loan word. Right. Yeah. And so. It has to do uh, with her personal care. Right. You know, personal hygiene and, and that. Um, and this is used, this is used by many polygamists. But it's in the rabbinic, it's taken as, as uh, sexuality. It, it's a sexual connotation in rabbinic texts. 
Um, here's the other thing too, is, is the Torah is given to people who have. So the, the, the Torah is given to people who have property. They're coming into a land where God is just saying, look, here is a bunch of capital, like in this world capital. And so if, if there's a man, it's just an ish. If there's a man who's poor, he does, it doesn't even say he has to be an Israelite who comes and there's an opportunity there's a, you have a moral code. If you bring this other person's daughter into your household, there is an ordered moral way, a dignified way. And this is the way. This um, is the and, way. And the, br- the brutality, <laughs> <laughs> the brutality of, of the ancient Near Eastern world was rape, pillage, plunder. Right. Kidnapping, yeah. like you're saying, kidnapping. And and there's a different way in God's law. Yeah. And honestly, it's revolutionary in the, in the ancient it, people look at the Torah and say, Oh, look at how, how, how barbaric it is and how outdated it is. Let me tell you something in the ancient near East, God's uh, law was a, a reform of the nations that like had never been yeah. seen before. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's frustrating you know, one of the things, as uh, I think as believers, we go from shallow readings of Scripture, shallow readings of passages, and the longer, by God's grace, we have perseverance in our faith, we come to deeper and deeper readings of Scripture. And one thing that's frustrating is someone who takes a shallow reading and then like makes a little straw man uh, and makes it look silly and childish and, and like you said, barbaric and then laughs at it and then dismisses said that, that my little straw man here of a barbarian slave owner uh, is justification for me to dismiss revelation from the creator. And that is, uh, that's a a frustrating thing. thing but you know people do it again without 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 saving faith without a love of god uh, i don't know how people can you know i think that people will just do shallow reading like that right i'm looking at the uh soundboard i'm i'm looking at anything else that we might want to uh might want to play now that I'm sure that the fact that we've gotten this far into the show uh if if people are still listening they're they're regular listeners or they're brand new and they're you know, they're, they're just checking it out. But, you know, is there anything else that we want to play for our, uh, for our friends here? Man, there's been some, there, we do have a good soundboard, don't we? <laughs> we do not get a lot of humor here. And when we do, it's wonderful. All right. Um, so I, you know, I, I actually, let's, let's go one more topic. Let's go okay. one more topic. Um, and I'm going to mark this at 58. Um, so here is the topic, uh, if I can find it again. Okay. We've talked about this before and, um, that's okay. How do we know that Saturday is the seventh day of the week since the Bible never refers to the seventh day by the name Saturday or by any other name? My son asked me this question and I have no idea how to answer it. Well, it's a good question. Um, but there's... I'll give my answer and then I'll kick it over to Rob. Um, we know that this, that Saturday is the seventh day of the week because it has been that way in all of uh, tradition and all of culture uh, for as long as, as time can be recorded. Even the Catholic Church uh, admits that, uh, that Sunday is the first day of the week. And uh, they know that because, and we could go back to Christ, right? In the first century, we know that the seventh day of the week was the Sabbath. We know that Christ observed the Sabbath on the seventh day of the week, which was Saturday. And, um, and so ultimately the, the point here is that uh, if Christ <laughs> celebrated it on the seventh day of the week, then we know it's right because Christ is the creator and he's the one who created it. So the fact that he celebrates the Sabbath on the seventh day of the week uh, proves that it is in fact the seventh day of the week. For those who would say, oh, you know, and we've talked about a lunar Sabbatarianism and, um, 
and so on and so forth, which is total nonsense. But the, the, the point here is simply that in the first century, the Jews clearly celebrated the Sabbath on the seventh day of the week, which was Saturday. Uh, the Christian church in uh, predominantly... Uh, well, it, a lot of people think that, that Constantine changed the, the day to Sunday. That is simply not historically accurate. Uh, the change from Saturday to Sunday happened over uh, a long period of time, and there's a lot of uh, minute uh, things that, that went into that shift. Um, however, uh, the shift was clearly not biblical. It was done for a multitude of reasons that were not biblical reasons. And uh, did the Christian church have the authority to change the, uh, the Sabbath from Saturday to Sunday? The answer is clearly no. The Christian church did not have that authority unless we believe in a higher council or unless we believe in the Pope. But this uh, change happened before the Pope. Uh, so people would have to say that the councils are the ones um, that, that changed the, the Sabbath to Sunday. Man doesn't have the ability to do that because in Genesis 3 it says, or Genesis 2, I'm sorry, Genesis 2, uh, it says that the Sabbath is a sign forever. It is a covenant for yeah. eternity that in six days God made the heavens and the earth and on the seventh day uh, he rested and was refreshed. So those are my reasons for saying that, uh, that we know that the Sabbath is on Saturday and not on Sunday. Uh, even the Catholic Church today admits that uh, they, they say that they changed the Sabbath to Sunday. Uh, I, I would actually disagree with the Catholic church on that. I would, uh, if we're talking Catholic in terms of universal and not capital C Catholic, then okay. Yeah. Then, then we can, uh, then we can make that argument. But the point here is simply that there, uh, there has never been a dispute over whether or not the seventh day of the week is in fact Saturday. It's been that way for as long as, as we have recorded history. Um, it's only in the, in, in the lunar Sabbath era. Yeah. It's, yeah. O, it's only, it's <laughs> in only the, in the two thousands and later that people have started to question whether or not the Sabbath is actually on Saturday or not. So that would be my argument. Rob, anything else on that? Yeah. Everything you said and, and from a, from just an amazing perspective of like in Mark where Yeshua says the son of man is Lord of the Sabbath. What we have another aspect to keep in mind is in the ancient near East, different peoples had different rhythms that they divided time into. I think the Egyptians had 10 day count, 10 day weeks at some time. Like in other words, in a way, if we go back 3000 years, you have different, if, if you could just like zoom in on different cultures around the world, they, they don't all have the same calendar. And their, their, their culture, if you think in terms of a cultural engine, you have a group of people around a city or, or a, a land that's a kind of a coherent group, and they're kind of marching according to a calendar. If, if their local king and, and priest or whatever their religion is, is strong enough, right? So imagine all these different rhythms are going on, but Israel creates this cultural engine by the, revealed from God seven day week, boom, boom. And they just stick with it. And it's like the, it's like the, the drummer, like imagine all these drummers drumming, but there's one drummer that's enduring and it's the drummer that's playing in seven time, <laughs> right? He's right. playing in seven, four. And, and guess what? It, it just is steady. And pretty soon all the other drummers start syncing up with the little drummer boy. Who's this little Jewish boy playing drums for baby Yeshua? <laughs> no, but, but the idea is, so what happens is that it, all those other calendars ultimately fail in the Western world. Now, I'm sure you could go to, there's still places in the world that push different calendars in China and in probably Southeast Asia and Africa. But guess what? There's one calendar that has won the day in terms right. of the world. And it's the seven day calendar and, and it, it's not the invention of the church. It's not the invention of the Jews. It is a, a, by revelation, a pattern of looking at, uh, of observing a cycle of time that comes from outside of creation by the creator himself, by revelation. It has nothing to do with the, where, where the moon is. It has nothing to do where any, anything in the cosmos is except for the word of God that created the world and established it. There's, you don't look at the moon and go, oh, I wonder if today's the Sabbath. You don't look at this, where the stars are in the sky and say, I wonder if today's the Sabbath. No, because it, it, the cultural engine was 
established and is running and will continue to run. And it's not budging. And then we call later. We say we take a foreign word like Saturday and we put it on this. But those are like graffiti. Like the, I, I see Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. I, it's like graffiti painted on the actual structure. And and to understand, we need to kind of clean off the graffiti and go and look at the actual structure. And it's first, second, third, fourth, fifth day, sixth day uh, Shabbat. Okay, um, we're going to end here. It was a wonderful season opener, in my opinion. Uh, the chat room has been lively, and thank you to everyone in the chat room. And uh, yeah, if you'd like to be a part of the conversation, you can do so by giving us an email, chegg at torresource.com. It's chegg at torresource.com. You can also uh, call our comment line. You won't talk to us. You just talk to an answer machine. Tell us how much you love us, hate us. Disagree with us, agree with us, doesn't matter, whatever you want to say. 253-465-3205. It's 253-465-3205. Go to our new website, messiahmatters.com. And when I say new, it's been up for a while, but we I just totally re, re uh, did the entire thing. And uh, then we also have torresource.com. And yeah, okay. Um, there's so much that could be said right now, right? Uh, join the Facebook group, uh, all sorts of stuff. Anyway, well, I guess we will leave it uh, there. And uh, we hope that this conversation has done at least one thing, and that is to glorify our great God and Savior, Yeshua the Messiah. Why? You know why. Because Messiah matters. <laughs> <laughs>